Ooh. I'm gonna stick to it. It just automatically like started playing something. So good. That's what we were going for. Cool. I dig it. Wait, is that Scott Stapp? From Creed? No. Oh yeah, it is. Is it? Oh yeah. All right. You can't. You can't. Not hear the watch as we, we get a copyright infringement for that's a, that's a Scott Staff signal. Is a I'll give you that. Oh, yeah, yep, yep. it is. So, we're probably not going to put the whole song on the episode because of copyright, unless Creed wants to uh, reach out to us and give us some copyright. But Dan's idea for today was to play something and let that be the inspiration. So, yeah, Torn in the mood. by Creed is what we're listening. If you guys want to play along in the background, go ahead. Um, what are we doing? It's Wednesday. Yeah, random Wednesday. Of the week. <laughs> random Wednesday. There we go. There's a podcast drop. Social post. Yep. Random Wednesday. I got Dan Strike here, all the way from his lovely town. I don't know if you want me to mention it. Doesn't matter. It's far west. Far west from here. Far west. Yep. A little bit of a hike, but well overdue. It ain't the city life. It's not the city life. It's a good town. I go there. I went there a couple times. Yeah. It's where uh, my buddy and I, or my buddies and I, go out. You can go fishing. And you can rent Airbnb, just play Halo all day. Yeah, right. That's yep. right. Yeah, That's absolutely. Right. That's what we did. But we decided to uh, catch up and, you know, something that we've delayed, or not delayed, something we haven't done in a while is record. There's been a lot of moving parts outside. There's of the a lot of moving parts, yes. So, I mean, there's that, but we were just talking that, there's no reason we can't do once a month. There really isn't. Mm-hmm. We could do it, whether it's educational or this. Yeah, random random Wednesdays. Yep. But I think that's uh, been our plan and aspiration is to uh, at least record twice a month. One is dedicated for the Con Ed world of what we do, and then uh, the other one's the typical series. Or we incorporate both. Right. Because you know, we've been doing series for four episodes, and one is specifically training. Yep. We just have to mess them together. Can't talk about, you know, traffic accidents and fire and then go into, I guess you could, RSI. You could. You could. Yeah. Good. How about traffic accidents? Have you ever trained on a traffic accident? You know, I'd say in training where you encounter smoke gaining access to your patient. Yes. Actually, uh. That'd be a that'd be a good training. I haven't experienced. Oh that my god! I'm glad you said that, uh, Tyler. He he would be someone to call up on this because uh, him and I were working on this. I'm, I can't remember if we talked about this in the past episode. He's actually in meta class right now, and uh, well, fuck it, let's give him a call. Let's do it. Right, majority of the time we're pulling up and we don't we got some airbag, you know, powder going around, but. Go. 
Yes, sir. Hey, what's up, boss? Uh, just same day. Same day. So, oh, yeah, you're at 18 yeah. now. Yeah, yep. Yeah, how's that going for you? That's all right. Yeah. Still uh, yeah. playing the same old games and random building that's not associated? What's that? Random building? Oh, uh, kind of. I, I just went over to treatment and started doing patients. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I yep. Started, I just started inserting myself places, so. Of course. But I'm just kind of floating around doing tasks, but yeah, kind of. Well, you got like a solid uh, five minutes or so? Oh, yeah. yeah. All right, cool. Well, I got Dan Strike here with me today. What's up, Tyler? Hey, how's it going? Uh, we were just, it's just kind of a spur of the moment recording uh, for an episode. And uh, he went ahead and asked me, have I ever encountered a good training moment when it comes to a traffic accident and smoke? And what's the first thing? And smoke. What is the first experience that you've had that involves a traffic accident and a lot of smoke? Uh, Well, I tell you what not to do. Well, Um, yeah, but yeah, eventually tell us that. Is is there a a specific moment, without you know, obviously mentioning names, um, that we've encountered that? Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, let's say the intersection 130th and 22nd. There it is. There it is. Yep. Um, so yeah. that came up to mind. I was like, I got to call him. And I was like, well, he's probably in medical class. And I was like, wait, no, he's doing annual training. So having a good uh-huh. old time being a combat medic. <laughs> yep. Thank yeah. you for your service. No, thank you. So. <laughs> Tell me more, Tyler. What happened that day? Uh, well, the I guess the down and dirty would be it's a, a little bit of a problem intersection for us. Um, it just happened to be we were at a training function or just wrapping it up, so our response out the station was uh, excellent. I mean, we had all all trucks out um, within a minute, and uh, a T-bone accident. Uh, one vehicle ran a stop sign, struck one vehicle, sent it about. I'd say 300 meters down the line um, into a cornfield, a chopped cornfield, and a, uh, the other vehicle uh, spun out and ejected its patient, um, a very large male patient, out the passenger window into a uh, communications box landed on that. So with all the communication cables for like AT&T. That's right. Uh, so first do um, medic unit, myself and Vince there, uh, pull up there's a vehicle uh no fire scene actively smoking uh, he- heavy smoke you can't see into the the cabin of the, the car and we get out and there's two four of us and i got people uh, uh the first two the officer on scene there uh, they went to the vehicle uh involved in fire reported one occupant and then uh as we were kind of making our way around the vehicle grabbing equipment we were flagged down uh, this is right at sunset, so light is pretty much expiring for us into the darkness. Uh, we get waved down by a bystander with a flashlight. And that's where we find our ejected patient, who was uh, still still with us at the time. So me and Vince kind of started work and uh, kind of had a uh, personal moment on scene. So I hadn't been home, and the vehicle involved looked 
just like my wife's, it's about a quarter mile from my house. So uh, I ended up going over to the vehicle involved with smoke on an accident scene and uh, jumping in. <laughs> yeah. And to give a little, <laughs> not, not, give a little backdrop, you know, for those who aren't aware, I mean, this was for a paid on call fire department um, yep. covered by a county covered EMS. Right, so the you response know. time is going to be a while, potentially. Yeah, right? the response time, yeah. and that's why they really lean on those fire departments to be on their game when it comes to first responder stuff, you know, because um, yep. that ambulance would have been, I mean, that's a 25-minute drive, maybe, you know, on a good day. Lights and sirens? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. No, lights and sirens priority from that location would be uh, approximately 18 minutes. 18 minutes, okay. So, uh, Depending light, who's uh, driving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that day, yeah, probably 20. And that, that evening, you know, I just got off my shift on that ambulance and I went to that firehouse because I was living at that, that uh, town at the time. Um, so we were all just hanging out doing a training because was that, was that technically a Sunday then or was that just a off day training moment? No, that was a Sunday training. That was a Sunday. That was a schedule. Yep. So that's and, uh, one of the days of the week that all the fire guys come together and right. we're, like, we're going to do training. You right. Know? And yep. uh, so. Yep. Perfect, perfect response. I mean, this was textbook, you know, ideal. And I think um, the way they're run is that they've got the, you know, the typical fire apparatus, but then they have an SUV that is meant for medical first response. All the same medical equipment, you know, on a uh, EMT level. E- EMT level. Oh, EMT. Yeah. Yeah. MFR. MFR level. M- M- MFR level. So at that time, yeah. MFR level at that time. But we do don uh, extrication wildland type gear. So, okay. Um, but uh, yeah, and then immediately um, just uh, arrival on scene, um, and then the the brief kind of report of the person being trapped and the one ejection, uh, life life care or a uh, helicopter was placed on uh, or asked to fly, so it wasn't even on a standby. It was we were going to land a bird from the get go. So um, closest so yeah. trauma facility, maybe forty five minutes. Would you agree? Yes. Yeah. Yep, at that 45 time. Minutes. Yeah. Yeah. If any of you are considering where to live, don't live anywhere like that. <laughs> Honestly, I'd, I'd actually argue that because uh, that was sorry for all the background noises. That was probably the highlight of my career because, you know, working comparison from a city or small city to a large city to rural EMS, I mean, rural EMS makes you work. Like, you, you're with a casualty for an hour. For sure. You know, so you're practicing your skills. Where a city, it's like, oh, you're always going to be five minutes away from a trauma center, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, I mean, the, the best scenarios, everything I think I've ever talked about when it comes to our training moments is always reflected back on my time in the working rural EMS. I get that, especially in, in the back of the ambulance. I'm just saying for the, the casualty, they got to wait a while. Well, there's the other thing, too, Yeah. is that, yeah, they have to wait a while for an ambulance and, you know, the transportation to the hospital. But then they've got agencies like the one we're talking about here that we lived at who they take their role in EMS so much more personal because now it's your own people in your own town. You know, I mean, everybody, every time we ran a call, somebody on the department knew that person. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, Nick, that, that scenario, absolutely. I recognize the truck. That very the, interesting. Uh, so I you know, ejected out of before we even made contact. Hundred percent. It's a little more personal. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. And there's there's no, and I'm not bashing on other other departments or other 
types of EMS, but when you have that personal connection with people in your community, you're going to get probably the best care. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? There's no complacency. There's none of this like, yeah. Oh, I'm not going to study. You know, everybody, everybody in the department, they want to do more yeah. and learn more. And, uh, with the caveat that, that you, sh- that should be the case. And if you're living in an area of the same kind of demographics, uh, understand there is a big world out there, but you, you need to really, just because you are distant, just because funding is slightly restricted, doesn't, doesn't excuse any type of mentality of, well, we're out here while we're just rural, you know, it, you, it's, it's a, you, it's a whole different animal mm-hmm. you have to be the preparedness. Uh, that's where, that's where emergency preparedness in general, um, saves people, you know, cause you have to plan for this, um, uh, extended care, you know, as far from a fire department, you know, your education, you know, if you can shave two, three minutes off your average education time, you're saving, you're saving people, you know, you, your response times, if you're maximizing the ability to respond to these, these incidents in the rural setting, uh, th- this is where you save that. That's how you save people. You know, the job, when you show, you get on scene, the job's the same education operations, uh, into command medical care. You're going to do the best you can, but that's, that's where going to your trainings, but your training in general is you, sh- you should be, training more than unfortunately that you're well, not unfortunately, but that you're responding to your call volume. Um, your training hours should out, outweigh your call volume. And if anyone says, well, you're just rural or you don't have to do that because you're way out here. You don't run, you way run 600 calls a year, you know, that's not, at that department, you know, that's not a ton, but you know, every one of them counts at this point and everyone's all of them got to account for, you know, 30 minute transport times. So, Maybe that's where, like, the city departments become laxed. You know, until you're in that situation where you're at a, a prolonged scene time and you're feeling the the pressure of that, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's where you're going to – that's where the, the additional drive comes from. Yes. I can, I can see yeah. where that comes from for sure. I've, I've, I've seen it firsthand where we uh, – our agency has picked up a, a very experienced medic. They'll, they'll have – over a decade of, of experience and you know and be riding in the back and you know you're, you're good until you're not good right. <laughs> until you run out of things to think about or run out of things to plan and, and uh, that's a it's a long quiet ride in you know when, when you're not prepared to do that type of thing so right. I mean the, 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 and that goes both ways I mean the, the urban setting that's an animal itself yeah. <laughs> you, you you pull the medic out of the city, put them out there. They might, you know, look at us a little backwards and, well, this is dumb and we're slow and this and it's that, but it, it's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint there versus, um, and then it goes the same way. You yeah. put the rule into the city. Um, it's a, I don't, I'd be curious to see what a study would be on who adjusts better. Yeah, if, maybe we should urban, do our own study. If, 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 if urban personnel put in rural environments, I feel like um, I, I definitely adjust better than rural put into the urban. I think I definitely see myself in the rural category within the urban setting because I'm all about staying where I'm at and not, I think the worst thing I hear is let's just get going. I hate hearing that 
when you have a critical patient and there's things that can be done right now, I, mm-hmm. I think I'm, I'm more of the, the let's hang out, let's secure these critical tasks, yeah. you know, um, yeah. rather than let's just get going. Yeah. Because the hospital's 10 minutes away. It's like, yes. dude, no. That was no. the biggest culture shock come back, come back to a city organization. Was that like that mentality of like, hold up, I don't have to do much because we're about to get there. You know, it's a two minute drive, if that. Yeah. Whereas, I mean, you're in, in rural, you know, Tyler and I, we go back every time we meet up or every time we talk, we're always like reminiscent of some of these runs. You know, some of these were the highlights of the career because we were it, you know, we were, we were hauling ass and, and really doing our jobs to the T and to a point to where at the time, you know, yeah, Tyler's going through medical class now. Um, but at the time it was like, Tyler, I'm going to show you the ALS skills. You know, I'm going to have you start some of these things because if it's just you and me and that's all we got in the back, like, yeah, we all have to play. Yep. You know, we all have to be on top of our game. To know that you have a traumatic patient and you're an hour away from a trauma center, you're going to pucker. Absolutely. You know? yeah. yep. You're going to pucker. And then it, it's, yeah. it was that within itself is the best training exposure because you, you learn some of your limitations and then you learn how to surpass those limitations for the sake of practicing medicine. That's amazing. It's not just like, oh, you're blessed. You got your medic cert. You're done because right. you went to class. It's like, no, go work, go work rural EMS and go experience that. Yeah, right. And that goes back to the, even in the mill side, military side. You know, go mm-hmm. work and be prepared to take care of these casualties, multiple casualties mm-hmm. that are a helicopter ride away from any kind of home. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. I think uh, I, I wouldn't, you know, uh, just because I'm staring at a, a tent and some very high-tech uh, military equipment and some <laughs> cool trainings that's coming down the line. But I, I would not be surprised to see in the civilian side of fire and EMS uh, prolonged casualty care training, you yeah. know, to, especially on the ALS side of things. And, you know, everyone everyone loves to eat up those wilderness medicine classes, and they're, they're good. They're great, um, so especially for the recreationalists, and I'd rather people be um, educated when they recreate outdoors and in the wilderness, but rural ALS in general, um, being able to sit on a patient for over an hour, you know, that's being able to improvise, (laughs) right. Improvising, you know, good old, you know, Michigan winters dumps a couple feet of snow on there. You put that same scenario in there. Now you just delayed it to that much longer. So my bad trucks get stuck in. You know, right. But, you know, so it's uh, it's it's a neat mindset. So it is I know neat. That's, it is neat. Quite the quite the uh, <laughs> wait. Quite the tail off from talking about smoke on scene, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like where it went, man. That 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 opens yeah. my eyes a little bit to rural EMS, um, yeah. for sure. Yeah. I think what we need to do, Tyler, is uh, you need to talk to your chief, and uh, well, since you are the you know the assistant chief. You need to figure this out. Um, let's get Dan on a on a shift out there. Let's go. You know, have him experience some of that rural side of EMS, uh, even firefighting. You know, yeah, and, tender uh, operations, man. Yeah. And then let's let's yeah. bring Craig Osborne out here. <laughs> <laughs> you want some water? So that's yeah. Yeah, you think think about uh, transfer time thoughts, and we talk about uh, my next three thousand gallons getting here. Oh yeah, so, there's no hydrants. Yeah. You know, no. it's it's, no. it's no. a different beast, man. It's it's definitely a different yeah. beast. And like I said, it definitely the highlights of my career because that's that's when you work. I think you said it, man. Improvisation. Yeah, I mean that's what makes a good engineer. 
Um, that's what makes a good medic. But man, if coming mm-hmm. from a rural setting, improvisation is key. Yeah. So yeah, that's hard to improvise. Every, yeah, I'd say not every call you need to MacGyver something. Right. And, and then uh, for uh, you know maybe to tread lightly on trying to sound uh, uh, you know with an ego here it's not you know and we used to call it you know uh like john wayne you know cowboy on scene where somebody runs off they do their own thing you know that that's you know that's usually detrimental and i'm not gonna say that but should somebody know how to do it (laughs) you know it it might require somebody to go above and beyond and 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 just get it done you know and, and some outside thinking you know, I, I so incident command works in structure and organization. Sometimes in rural settings, I've I responded to a fire incident with one guy in the engine and one guy in the tender, mm-hmm. looking at each other, going, well, "I hope uh, <laughs> with you know mutual aid activated, you're doing everything by the book for the class, but you know you you you're gonna have to make some things happen." And I've been, I've gone from. Mm-hmm. You know, from the engineer to uh, an officer to a transfer of command, and then back to a, a secondary attack line, all in one you know one scene. Uh, you know, and uh, it's, uh, it's well, interesting. I feel pretty spoiled then. You know, that's a good way to put it. I'm pretty spoiled then for what we have. Yeah, because it's it's really hard to improvise when you're so close to other resources. You know, it's hard to improvise as an engineer when you've got four other fire mm-hmm. engines coming up. Right. You know, or improvise your medicine when you're five minutes away from a trauma center. Yeah. And it's, so, by and emergency time, preparedness is, is, I think, an uh, overlooked topic, you know, because it, it's hard. It's hard to stay motivated when the call volume isn't uh, at a setting. And, you, and, you know, you're, you're there to run calls when, you know, when I go to my uh, busier department in, in an urban develop, you know, setting, you know, I get to run calls and it's great. But to, to train, to keep that, you know, that in the volunteer service, paid on call department, for the most part, do a great job of, um, you know, they're kind of goofy sometimes. I mean, you big trucks and lights and wearing a t-shirt everywhere you go, but that's what they need. You know, at times it's a huge part of what they need to stay, uh, into it, you know, and, but you need to take that same enthusiasm and apply it to your training and apply it to your preparedness. You know, everyone likes to wear a t-shirt, but when it's time to get stuff done, you should have already thought about it. You should already have a plan in place and you should have it disseminated amongst your team, um, more on a rural setting than in an urban setting. So usually there's, you know, in an urban department, a bigger department, there's a captain, you know, or there's a supervisor immediately there for you on the rig for AMS you know, not so much out there. So you got to be prepared to know what to do next and, and how to, you know, do the best you can out of some of these situations. Mm-hmm. Being able to commandeer a pickup truck because the ambo won't ride in the mud, you know, down, <laughs> down the lane. being able to understand, you know, some of those, uh, you know, well, how do you call it? Um, de-escalation techniques because you're at gunpoint and the closest sheriff is 20 minutes away. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Stuff like that. Like that's, You've, you've got to, I hate to say it, but it's probably the most professional job there is to be able to plan ahead, 
you know, and solely just take care of your scene when there's nobody else nearby to help you. Right. You know? Yeah. So I, I think we need to coordinate that and, and do a little house swap here. Let's go. I'd love it. <laughs> that would be a, a hell of a series trade, to do. Trade, 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 trading houses again. Yeah, there you go. Yep. <laughs> Man, that would be a hell of a series. No, so. And then there's some good, there's a couple uh, EMS programs that um, require their students to do clinicals in a rural setting. And I do, we see a lot of those. We, we check the box for them on there. So, and uh, so I do see a lot of, you know, EMT and paramedic students through this age, our agency here um, yeah. coming to do the rural clinic. So I'm, I'm glad, glad that they get a taste of it. Sometimes it's not the most uh, thrilling for them because it does take time for you to get some real experience doing it. But yeah. Yep. And I think that's why our, our TCC class is not a stop the bleed on steroids. Mm. You know what I mean? It's, it's the idea of like, all right, figure it out. You're here alone. Yeah. This is all you got. You only got what you got in your hands. Figure it out, you know. And I think that's what makes this this our program really successful is because we are challenging our students to figure that out. You know, there's no safety cushion and be like, oh, you got more help coming, or you're so close to the hospital. You know, it's you're it. Yep. What are you gonna do? Just you and that patient. Mm-hmm. And what's in your bag? Yep. Make it happen. That's right. That's right. Yeah. But then to go back in the story, so. We're at a firehouse. We get we get the run drop. I mean, it's it's right around the corner. It's a two minute drive at most. You know, we pull up. Uh, just like kind of Tyler explained, the situation ended up being a T bone accident, high rate of speed. Um, Tyler, I forgot who's driving, but you know, Tyler and I are in the SUV. Um, I'm still in my medic uniform from shift, and immediately, I mean, you could tell. And Tyler and I, you know. The amount of runs we ran, we you learn to have a report with your partners just by body language. You know, I can immediately tell Tyler was concerned about something because, um, yeah, the car looked like his wife's car. You know, and I I remember looking out that out my windshield because you're doing that initial scene size up. You know, you got one car that's smoked up. You know, you, you could tell that someone's in the driver's seat. Um, bystanders are kind of hovering around there, but they're not doing anything because of smoke. Um, and you see another car with a crowd of bystanders in the grass next to it. So I remember Tyler's like, all right, go split, go check up on that, do your thing. And I went over to the second um, injury or second uh, casualty. Um, and it ended up being pulses on scene. You know, I, I told the bystanders, like, I right, go ahead and step aside, get out of the scene, just move clear. Um, and then what, what happened from there, Tyler? At what point did you look up? And we're like, oh, come on. Well, <laughs> I uh, like, you know, the wrong thing to do is to jump in there, but I, I did go enter the vehicle and I had, you know, the, the, the windshield was completely compromised and the windshield, the passenger driver windows were down. So most, the fire was in the engine compartment and it was pretty pushing at this time. The smoke had completely filled the cab. I was able to just go in through the window and grab a hold of whoever was in there and she was pinned in and I was able um, you know, identify it wasn't my wife <laughs> initially as selfishly as that sounds, but um, that was about one of the first and only times I'm seen where I kind of, uh, you know, selfishly lost it a little bit, but, um, and then it was fine. I was able to kind of retreat there cause I couldn't breathe. 
Um, she was just able to mumble a little bit. I had something in front of her face, but, uh, extrication was meeting us at the door when I backed out and, uh, an SCBA was required, you know, requested to. So we actually ended up putting a mask on her, putting her on an SCBA while we cut her out of this vehicle. So that's, that's the tactical part of uh, mm-hmm. dealing with a patient uh, with smoke on scene. Um, but by the time I, I backed out and I, I looked and the tools were meeting me and I kind of gave him a brief plan. I looked over and you were pushing by yourself. And I was like, ah, oh, damn it. Doing compressions on the guy. Yep. So, and it was just the way, you know, everything worked out. I was able to um, kind of cowboy off again and run back over to you. And, and I had a team that was there to um, start working on her. And then we assisted you. Um, bird landed. Um, flew her, and then we, we, I believe we regained, it was traumatic arrest, regained uh, pulses once or twice. Yeah, I think at least, I was going to say three uh, or four times you got pulses back. Yeah. But. And uh, it, there was something enough there that you, you were fully committed, which mm-hmm. meant all of us who, who, you know, were EMTs, MFRs at the time, were fully committed. And uh, I don't I have no idea what happened on the ALS side, but... <laughs> Uh, they, they, they allowed us to just pretty much commandeer their, their ambulance. Yeah. Like crew came over, said, you're doing, you're doing everything you can do. And, uh, gave you kind of your report there. And so we ended up transporting and trying to, trying to get, uh, well, get to a hospital. So, yeah. and- <laughs> I remember being at the head, you know, we got, we got a couple guys and Tyler was there, you know, just switching out compressions. And again, we're getting pauses back and forth, you know. And that's at the time where we didn't have that Lucas device. Yeah, we didn't have a Lucas at the right? time. Right, you're sweating. You know, his his name was Lucas. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? I am right. Lucas. He, he was <laughs> Lucas. Lucas before Lucas you know, that, was cool. That's yep. right, that's right. You know, and then uh, I got a tube in there. We we got a couple IOs, uh, an IVX. I, I can't remember I even got an EJ um, at that point. But just, I remember thinking, like, I got to get a line somewhere, and it was a little bit of a struggle. Um, but we, we had it you know, managed in the utmost, like we checked every box for success, you know, and we were the reason why we kept getting pulses back. Um, and I remember yeah. the ALS and, and company. To go to that rural, rural aspect again, that there was a bit of buy and I, again, I'm not on the selfish side, it sounds like, but um, with rural, you're there for everybody, right? And everybody's your friend, everybody's your neighbor. But uh, there's a handful of us that knew that just, particular gentleman by the by the model and coloration of his truck so what do you mean we were we were doing just everything we could do so i there was there was one of the few calls that was that extensive that i can honestly say there was not a i don't think there was a, a stone unturned on that one so and that's exactly perfectly said you know and it was to the point where when the the ambulance crew showed up you know and they're kind of hovering and looking at me like what you know what do you need I was like, well, we're going to transport, you know, I already called because there was some policy in there at the time, you know, for traumatic arrest or, you know, pulse activity or I guess a Sicily, you're not going to transport. Um, but I had, I called the hospital and this and that, our local hospital I was like, Hey, I got to take this patient. We're getting pulses back. We're working them. Um, and the ambulance crew showed up and it was like, you guys going to go? I'm like, yeah. And they asked me, he's like, well, you're running it. You, you're doing a good job. You want to take it? You know, Cause I'm still on my medic uniform and that was the agency I worked. I just got off shift with. And uh, I was like, yeah, sure. But if I take it, all these guys are now my crew members. Yeah. That's it. That is my condition. And they're like, okay. 
So we completely commandeered that ambulance. And, I mean, we ran, what, maybe a driver and five of us in the back for this one guy? You know, we had, uh, we had pushers and we had one managing airway and we had an actual uh, tribal officer who was still operating a uh, suction machine. That's right. Yep. So we even had police in there as well. That was right when, uh, the, uh, they, I believe the tribal police department was pretty new. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And they were running the EMS or uh, first response. Um, so. and then Hilo landed for the, uh, the occupant of the other car, which she was, yep, she was educated and, yep. yep. And then, uh, we took him, you know, obviously the outcome was, uh, out of our hands, you know, um, cause it, I think yeah. he was, he actively went into tra- traumatic arrest in front of us, you know, but we were yep. able to regain some of those pulses, but it, it, you know, the trauma was a little too much for everything going on. Mm. Um, but textbook i mean this is something that's not even in the textbook is how to be able to um macgyver and how to understand mm-hmm. the medicine of rural ems you know and and really have that good report with all those crew members that you're working with because that was that was what really brought the success is that you're you train with these guys and gals and you you train hard you know to the point where you do get these accessories or these uh runs I mean, they're, mm-hmm. they're perfect, you know, and it's hard for me to say that the same when it comes to such a large, busy system, because you're always meeting somebody new that you don't know who's going to be your partner, you know, and then you don't have to work as much because you're so close. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah. I do got a sweet, sweet sort, you know, spot in my heart for rolling MS to the point where, you know, we were talking like, I, I want to come and pick, pick up a couple shifts out there, you know, just to get that, just to get my, my brain punched in a little bit oh yeah you know so yeah yeah it was cool man it was cool i think uh i think you know you can strip it down um i mean you throw the demographics of the rule and the in the wild places and michigan's such a diverse state where we have that you go out west you get that um i mean everywhere there's wild country there's rule systems in place and and they all have neat things so don't ever be a student of just what you know if you, you only know what you know so that's right um if, you, if you're urban uh feel free to try and the rule setting you should you should find one i'm sure that'd be accommodating they love to do it most of the time and uh i think rule plays you know it's good for rural agencies to step out and see what it is in an urban setting yeah you know there's some just a crazy different considerations and you know, to be honest, a rural medic might be a little slow to load and transfer and treat a patient and turn them around in five minutes. Yeah, <laughs> you know? right. That's a, that's, a, that's a speed shock for them as well. So, yeah. I think that's where know, the peace comes in. You know, when you have a bad call like that, you guys said it yourselves, no stone was left unturned. That's where you get the peace when you, when you come out of that. And unfortunately, it sounds like he succumbed to his injuries. But if you walked away and were just able to tell me that, there's some peace in that yeah. you guys did everything. Right? Yeah. I think we, we took the, the mental health and mental well being a little more serious there because of how personal our, I don't want our patients were, you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, we did debrief after that run. It was just like, everybody's just beat, you know, cause everybody knew the guy and this and that, mm-hmm. um, but it was, it was clear in day, you know, that we did everything, you know, 
And I think because yep. of that, it was like there was no questioning. There was no like, well, what if I would have done this instead? You know? And don't get me wrong. <laughs> City EMS is a whole different beast, right? The nonstop. I, I work it. I have just come off shift of it. I've experienced, you know, a, a hell, probably the busiest ambulance, you know. And yeah. But if you're not performing innovations, you're not performing, you know, that traumatic treatment on a regular, you're, you're going to be complacent to like, oh, I'm five minutes away. Mm-hmm. Let me just wait. You know, let me start the report. Let me, yeah. let me do the basics. And if you're not, you know, in, in being involved in your community, um, the other part of that is, you know, you have the skills, but our med control is in the city, in a big city. So if you're not advocating for your neck of the woods, <laughs> your med control level as well. What, what, and they, typically they have an understanding of the area they cover and what, what they're willing to, you know, help provide you or, you know, what medications to give you or what, you know, what, what they allow as far as interventions, um, you know, to be, be a, you know, advocate for what you need in your area for somebody who might work, um, in an urban, you know, from a city. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying that's the case in our, our area. Uh, I've just seen it, you know, and, uh, but cause there's some, there's some bigger, big med control regions and they are, you know, most of it taken up by an urban device, you know, and then they, uh, outskirts kind of get, you know, subjected to, you know, being subjected to what the big city practices, you know, yeah, and vice versa, you know, being being a voice too for for the way you know the culture you you operate in so and trying to have an understanding for the other what you're not you know versed in so and talk about community engagement i mean we were holding cpr classes for the community on a regular you know yeah because they knew what what entailed they knew that there may be a time that you're not going to see any kind of responder or an ambulance for several Mm -hmm. minutes you know yeah. So the community was and, you know, engaged. We were able to see our community you know, run medical fire departments from fire departments that do not run medical. So it, that's even <laughs> even a step back. You know, one more disadvantage for the, the next community over. You know, and, and uh, you know, first response is huge. I don't think our agency could hold a stand up without first response. That you know, and it comes through. It comes through the agency, but it, it's performed by a fire department. So, um, I, I would—that's a big part of it. And the community members see that. You know, we get mistaken all the time. Oh, you know, the ambulance is here. How many times are going to be on scene? And they say, you know, well, I'm not the ambulance. Yeah. <laughs> I, I went the first response. They say, oh, you're not here to take them. I said, no, they they still have to get here. Yeah. <laughs> I just see here in case something, you know, to do the immediate and if something was anything progresses. So it's those community, you know, outreach and, and being an advocate to it, you know, it's, it's huge, you know, especially cause I, I mean, there's tough people all over the place in every, every area, but, um, it's always, uh, always interesting when the farmer calls. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I, actually, <laughs> I actually had somebody not too long ago ask me about my experience and I was like, yeah, you know, I've worked rural EMS and they're like, what do you do around nothing but open land and tractors? And the first thing that came to my mouth is like, you ever responded to a call where a kid got ran over by a tractor? Cause we have yeah. like, what are you going to do then? You know, oh, yeah. um, that's, that's the real life of that medicine and your closest mm-hmm. trauma center, a pediatric trauma center. 
good luck. Yeah. You know, and then your, your, your biggest asset is a, is a helo and they may not fly. Right. Depending on the weather and all that. Yeah. It blows mm-hmm. my mind. Cause I even, I've, I've run civilian, you know, HEMS or helicopter EMS and we've gone downstate in Illinois and responded to a run, you know, for full STEMI. And I land, I'm looking for a report, you know, there's, there's a fire department, obviously, but I'm looking for a report from an EMS provider and, you know, just a guy in plain clothing. And he's like, you know, hi, like, I can't really tell you much, but this is what we got so far. I'm like, cool. And then making some small talk, you know, after we kind of controlled the, the patient, it was like, uh, who do you work for? He's like, oh, I'm the town dentist. Like, I am the first responder. That's it. Yeah. There is no EMS. <laughs> you know, there is no ambulance. They don't have an ambulance coverage. That blows my mind. You know, so they rely on the the hems to to be their transport. Imagine working in a in a village or living in a village, and that's it. Your first responder is a local dentist. I know. Wow. Yeah, but that's a, that's yeah, the truth. Behind it's it. just uh, it's, there's just a lot, you know. And I mean, this is kind of a, a, a most of us have ever, you know, listening would probably have ex- experienced. Um. I mean, this training, this is what you call special, special considerations, right? This type of patients have special considerations, but there's also type of incidents that always have special considerations. Thing on the area you work in um, and all that. So for uh, the sake of maybe even throwing a metaphor out there, you want to talk about smoke on scene, that is your smoke. You know, it's the unknown. It's, it's the stuff you're not versed in. It's the, the long transport time, stuff you've never experienced in your career yet. So you want to uh, progress and fire an EMS, um, be well-rounded, know the rules, know the urban, know long-distance you know, transport times, know uh, farming, know industrial, you know, know how things work. Don't ever stop being a student of it. That's your smoke. So that you're always going to be your smoke on scene. So the best thing you can do is find, you know, prepare, train, and that'll help you get through the smoke on scene. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've been shown signs of this and, and, you know, flags of like, hey, just remember what he just said. All the way back to like when you test out for your medical license for a national registry. You're taking questions and answering questions about, you know, snake bites. It's like that, those snakes don't exist here. But they're preparing <laughs> you to be like, listen, like we're giving you a certificate. We're giving you a license to be able to work in any kind of environment. Right. <laughs> so embrace that. You know, And I think it's just because you're you've really set yourself to adopt your knowledge and adapt your knowledge based off your experience and only your experience sure you're not going to practice some of those things you may not see mm-hmm. but then what happens what happens if you do go in an active assailant situation you know and you're it are you going to macgyver or you know adopt your adapt your practice around that kind of thing with only the tools you have at hand yeah you know yep so. That's yeah. it's crazy talk, man. It's like we had to call you because it's like, all right, we talk about smoke. We got to run. We could talk about for sure, for sure. So, but in that, you know, that's 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 kind of a key thing, and I think we will definitely discuss with uh, you know, Assistant Chief uh, Tyler Frank there, and how we could do a little house swap, um, make that into a thing, and then uh, into a series. But you know, we won't keep you too long there, Tyler. You know, thank you for, for joining on board and joining the conversation. We hope that your annual training is fucking amazing as much as uh, you can make it at least. Um, you know, he's actually in the process of wanting to go flight medicine. You know, so nice. He's going to be coming on our side of the world. 
and experiencing what it feels like to get your your you know lack of better terms head punched in. Yeah, baby but, steps. Baby yeah. steps, man. Just a glutton for punishment on my end. <laughs> that's hey, man, that's, That was the uh, motto of our career for sure. So cool. All right, brother. Well, thanks for taking time, man. Thanks, Tyler. All right. Yeah. We'll be safe. You be safe out there, brother. You too, man. See ya. We'll see ya. Yeah, that excites me, man. Yeah, we'll go back to music. Yeah. That was cool, man. Just a different perspective that I don't think is really talked much about. Because you no. do become complacent. You you uh you're only gonna learn what you're exposed to. That's right. Know? Yep. Hence why we're really big about our program here and what we got building on the back scenes of our show and why we're not really re- releasing as many episodes because we have a lot of things going on. Um, hopefully going to get released soon, but it's to try to change that mentation, you know, yeah. reamp the training world. Not only that, but reamp the internal philosophy of why our providers and first responders do what they do. Kind of a check. Yeah, it is a check. You know? Again, we're get we talked about this earlier, but we're getting a different, you know, batch of people the kind of people applying for the job now it's different are they are they truly are we seeing that they're a true student of the trade i don't know some are some are not um so we need to keep having this kind of conversation and uh leading by example really in the way that we practice medicine the way we fight fire just like now talking to tyler about the rural setting Eye-opening for me. Yeah. And you asked me before we actually decided to start recording, but, like, how do we, how do we, you know, help the future of EMS with everything that's going on? You know, not to get into the politics and all that, but we are seeing the new trend. It's hard to find good recruits because, I mean, you probably make more money behind a computer screen nowadays. You know, they're, the blue-collar jobs, I mean, that that's not really going to be existent. There, right. there are no real good applicants if you're not willing to be a student the trade for the rest of your career right i mean the numbers are down right now for paramedics i can't remember the exact numbers i mean it was mind-boggling you know for the state alone two years ago we were at like eight thousand paramedics and now we're at one thousand for the whole state that's (laughs) wow i didn't know that that's crazy you know that's crazy well if i'm going to talk about it i might as well pull out the right facts pull it up Yeah, but like you said, is it is it because you can, you know, I can make more money doing this. I'll tell you what, I'm having a lot more fun at my job and uh, getting to learn more and more every day, something new. It's more than the paycheck for sure. It has to be. Yeah. But I get it. It's hard because everything else is going up. Oh, yeah. Times are going up. Costs are going up. You know, it is hard to survive. For a lot of these EMS agencies. Yeah, and it is a grind to get into it, man. You know, going through medic school that way, all the time sacrifice. I get it. It's well worth it. I think I found it. Sunday. 
wondering what some of these agencies are going to do to have to adapt to the drop and uh, fading in and out. Um, the drop in people applying. Yeah, it's a little better. Um, so here's a here's a quick little drop on it before I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're good. So in 2019, we had they say approximately 36,000 paramedics in the state, and now we are down to 8,200 in 2021. Potentially still dropping. Oh yeah, I'm sure that number's you know, almost gone. Yeah, that blows my mind. Hmm. But it's hard. How do you how do you keep that recruitment? I mean, this goes into the military as well. How do we how do we get recruitment? They're struggling. They're struggling to, to make those numbers because nobody wants to work their job anymore. You know. Do you think it's because everyone had to stay at home like we did? That that caused people to see that well, I, I can actually not get out my. I don't have to go out my door and go to work. You make the same amount of money sitting behind this computer. I don't know if that's a thing. Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't know, you know, because we still had to work during COVID. So, yeah, we did. We right? did. Ah, you know, maybe maybe it's our parents. You know, are are the new parents of these days and raising their children with the mindset of like, you know, take it easy, go for the easy way. You know, make money. You know, I can tell you right now, I mean, my work ethic is based off what I was witness of my dad's work ethic. You know, so if if he if he was to have shown me a different work ethic, yeah, I wouldn't have. uh, Wouldn't have done the same. Sure. They led by example. Yeah. The same in my situation, too. But then you asked me, he's like, how do we conform to that? Should we conform to that? Right. How do we conform to those new recruits that are different than what you or I grew up as and how we came into this job? The sacrifice and the ass-kicking we did, you know, we took, and the time commitment, I mean, it was all worth it. It was all great. But that's different now. So how do we adapt to to the new people that are coming in? Or do we not? We don't. Right. Right. How do we tackle somebody who is a bad uh, influence on our department? How do we tackle a, uh, a challenging student? Mm. Been there. We don't conform to it. No. You know? We find a way to reignite that inspiration. We try to lead by example. It may not be successful, you know? But hopefully, the downfall that is out of our career, or you know, outside of our career time, so to speak. But yeah, it's worrisome. That's yeah. It's cutting costs, you know. In some companies, they're they're cutting costs, so they're maybe they're they're getting rid of nurses, bringing in medical assistants to fill, and you know, we've seen that not work. You know, at least in my life, um, you know, where my wife works, you know, that changes with uh, the type of care, like, the, you know, the type of uh, quality you get when you're trying to cut cost 
and you bring in a lower it's not to say that a lower level of you know like an EMTB or a medical assistant that's that's what I'm trying to get at is you could be a lower level provider but where's the drive to go home and study for your job these are the requirements of your job you need to know them you have to show up on time we're seeing these people not show up on time. They're not showing up to work. They're not in uniform. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't get it. I don't get it, man. Yeah. So I think I think all to say, man, is we just have to lead by example. That's that's what we can do, right? And, and unfortunately, you know, we're not higher up in ranks. We don't get to make some big decisions, but that's where the foot needs to come down and say these are the requirements of the job. You meet them or you don't. Right? I'm probably going to get a lot of backlash for saying this. Say it. I know I'm going to say it anyway because it's it's probably true, right? Um, but I think with where the society is going, we need a reality check. And... Recently, it's say three weeks ago, um, I brought my daughter for her birthday present to New York City. Right, She wanted to go. We gave her a couple of choices. And, uh, she chose New York City because she wanted to learn about history. She's really big into it now. I'm like, that's cool. So, I, I, of course, when we were out there, I took her to the 9-11 Memorial. You know? And it was hard for her, for her to understand what that day is and what it's done for her society now compared to, you know, we were kids. We didn't have to go through TSA you know, checks and stuff like that. It was just go on board. Like, you're good. Right. You know, how things have changed. It's hard to see the change when you didn't experience what it's changed from, you know. But I, I told her, it's like, 9-11, yeah, it was, it was probably the worst, sure, one, one of many, but the worst day of this nation. But I'm confident in saying that 9-12 was the best day of this nation. Yeah, because all politic differences, all ethical and, or you know cultural and all the the differences we we've, we've created in the society was put aside. It was life for life. You know, you had people of all different backgrounds, all different um, histories, all different family come together and, and try to support each other. We don't see that anymore. No. Someday we're going to be at a coffee shop and people are going to yell at us for drinking coffee with creamer, you know, or coffee with sugar, you know, because they don't believe that's the right way to do it. And then they're going to make it a big fit. You know, we were growing up, we had old guys, old military people saying, oh, back in my day, you know, or they're complaining like, you guys, you guys are weak. You guys have, you have no idea. And we're all just like, oh, whatever, old man. But now we're the old guys looking at these new kids. You'd be like, <laughs> yes, yeah. think this is hard. Think this sure. is a challenge for sure when you're not even working yeah it's gonna take that reality check sometimes i say it's gonna take a big call you know for that medic student it's gonna take that big call where you're gonna look at me and you're gonna have a completely glazed over look and that's gonna be the reality check of this is serious yeah it's time to go to work it's time to go to work yep mount up boys yep yeah, that's interesting. I want to get you out there. I want you to. I want you to experience rolling this. I'd love to. I've been wanting to get in a helicopter too. Man. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, 
That's right. Gotta do that too. And then we got another TCC class coming up next week. We're really, really evolved this program to do just that, to push you out of your comfort zone, make you work out of your comfort zone. I think that's why it's kind of our bread and butter. Maybe that's a hint of what we got going on here. This has to be the new wave, man. It's got to. It's got to be the new wave uh, of a different type of training. This is something new to the fire service, man. This is something new for police. Um, and it's hard for people to embrace that. It is. You see it all the time. Um, change is never fun. But the reality is, this is the new thing. It should be a specialty team within your department, a specialty committee. Conversation should be had all the time. This should be trained on, not just annually. If you do it annually, great. You're doing something. But this is this is a new thing. Yeah. People need to get that across their heads because it is. Um, it's not fully embraced. That's for sure. And the pressure's coming. You know, because it's going to be a matter of time when your department is really going to need that training. Not only based off a specific event, but also based off legals in the state. You know, this state is requiring the law enforcement officers to go through that training. We're eight months in, and we still have some departments who haven't even addressed it yet. That's right. So is it accessibility? Is it a cost thing? It's usually a cost thing. Yeah, usually it is. Usually a cost thing. But this is life-saving training, whether it's preparedness for your community, the children, the families in there, um, that's priority. But for yourself, okay, especially law enforcement, this training is for yourself and keeping yourself alive. But even for the, the brass above you, I mean, it's cheaper to pay for this kind of training than death benefits. Let's not even get there. Yeah. You know? But that's where I'm struggling, man. Uh, getting over those conversations to get it across the importance of this training. Yeah. It's, it's hard to overcome that with, with some. And I haven't quite pinpointed it, whether it's a cost thing, whether it's a laziness thing, whether it's I have other things going on. It's not going to happen to me. We don't see this around here. We've had departments say that. We've had departments and then we have departments that. who actually witness it and experience it a couple months after. Yes. So, I, I don't think people that live in their community should expect anything less than a completely prepared agency to respond to your child's school. You need to think about that. I know the town that I live in, I know that they train on this. I know that they have, uh, they're, they're proactive in it. That makes me feel good. Yeah. So, think of it that way. There was a, I forget when it was, but there was a recent school shooting, um, and they showed the video of them making entry and getting to the assailant. Yeah. Textbook perfect. You know damn well that's not something they just did out of pocket. Nashville. That's training. Nashville, there we go. Yeah, Nashville. That was training. That was one of my favorite videos ever watched. 100%. That is the standard. That should make everybody feel so good that watched that to say, man, they did a good job. Yeah. 
It was amazing to watch, man. And you think they woke up that morning and be like, oh, we're going to get something? Let's get ready? No Absolutely way. not. No way. Absolutely not. The communication, the way that they were talking to each other, they've done this before. Yep. They've, they've trained on that before. The way that those officers were communicating with each other back and forth going inside, perfect. That's how it should be every time. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. So, yeah, work through your department to figure out what what your response is. You bring in an engine ambulance, or are you putting all on an engine to be your initial entry, you know, treatment? That's the priority is getting inside to treat. The ambulances can come in a box level for transport. You can set up that transport later, but get as many personnel as there as possible to, to form those rescue task force teams to get inside. So, yeah, reflect on that with what, what you've got going on in your agency. What's your pre-plan? Create a fog guide, field operating guideline on how you're going to do this. So we're, that's, that's what we're trying to do here, um, amongst other things. But we want to get that buzz out there. This needs to be a thing. People need to get on board with it, and they and we hope that they will. Because we're going to offer some real quality training, and uh, we're going to be different than other people. Hell yeah, we are, man. Well, we got planned. I can tell you right now, it does not exist. It doesn't. Not in our area. Anywhere, to be honest. Yeah, maybe not even anywhere. I have yet to find anything. I'm searching through it. There's there is nothing planned. Nothing exists like what we have planned. And it's, it's really an all-inclusive. And, uh, yeah, no, I'm excited to hold this class again coming up because I love it when students come back and, and, you know, they're like, yeah, you know what? I went back to my chief. I went back to my department. Mm. We're doing this weekly. So, so, yeah, I would love to see all their all their members come to us and do the training. And I get it. It's a cost thing. You know, I wish we could do this for free, you know, because um, ultimately you know, the members of your department or agency and the members of your community, I mean, their survivability is the currency we're looking for. And that's not just through the proper gear, the proper training, the proper exposure to the education, the level of education we're giving you, you know, but then it's also breaking it all the way back down to what is the root of a person's ability to perform and it's mental health right if you guys are interested obviously go to our website you know go to staywtl.com learn a little more about what we currently do what we currently offer you may get some uh, easter egg hints throughout the website of exactly what we are going to be releasing here soon um, and what our mission is all about. But if you need help trying to bring this inspiration to your department, bring the realization to your leadership, you know, we, we could sit down and have a conversation about that too. Absolutely. We'd be happy to come advocate or help you prepare for that kind of conversation. We've done it before. Yeah. We've done it before. Um, there is a way to go about it, um, but you can be successful. You just got to keep your head up and, and keep having the conversation and uh, keep leading by example. That's what I'm trying to do right now. 
So I think that's why all the cadre are here. So they want to lead by example. Yeah. Be contagious with, with this change. Or not the change, but protection of what EMS should do and what fire should do. You know? Because it is changing. I'm afraid to see where things are five years from now. Yep. Because you know? how things have changed in the last two years. That was political, man. <laughs> that's right. We said, that's, oh, oh, I broke the golden rule. We don't uh, talk politics here, man. Everybody's invited. Everybody's allowed to be here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's right. Oh, it's cool, man. It's cool to catch up. It is good to catch up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really work on that with Tyler. Let's see if we can get you out there for a couple days. Get you, get you exposed. Yeah, have Tyler take me on some hikes or whatever he does, fishing. Let's go. That's right. That's right. Have a pager on your hip and you get a run and you take your personal car to the scene and things are chaos. Yeah. My worst calls and my, my best calls are, are in rolling mess. Because it definitely puts you out of your comfort. It makes you think. I still say, man, it would be be pretty awesome to get to all work together yeah that's really right would. that would be man maybe that's what we should do have a uh within thin lines ambulance coming <laughs> <laughs> right oh man yeah we'll just pick you up off the street for experience that's right i'm saving you yeah just trying to get coffee dude that's right <laughs> Good lord yep slap a tourniquet everybody we see it's training <laughs> right don't push him over dan <laughs> Find some real estate and kill yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Granted, if you haven't been in my class, I mean that is something I tend to say, and uh, I don't mean it, you know, personally like no. that. It's just uh, there are times where we have to correct some things or illustrate some things, so I do have to have some students find some there. real estate and kill yourself. Yeah, that's right. Yep. That's right. That's right. Um, no, it's cool. No, and I think uh, you know we're hopefully going to progress to the point where we do make this course and program more accessible for all these agencies to come on board, even just to witness it. You know, what if we did a two-hour session just to expose you to our philosophy? Maybe that's a catch. That's here's another difference. We'll come to you. Yeah, it's not always easy to get out to. I can hardly get out here. Come hang out with Vince, but uh, <laughs> it's yeah, right. Uh, but I mean, if we can. We can bring this training to your agency. It's pretty convenient. You can help out in that way. It's not only convenience, but it's more uh, relatable. It is. Now we're training in your own workspace. Yes. Let's go find and have a conversation with those high public areas, the high risk areas. We're going to have you train in stadiums. You're going to get the training of, of, of the level of the philosophy we have here, but then also now you're getting the blueprint of that specific area. That is a high risk for activist animals. Yeah, man, and this isn't. This wouldn't be just like you know another class. You, you take it for a week, done. Take your test. I mean, we're our goal is to develop relationships with all of you that uh, take our course. These are lifelong friendships amongst the training. So, I mean, that's how it started. Every every cadre member on here is from the class. Yes, <laughs> you know. Yeah, <laughs> it's like your class. You came up to me like you like rum. I'm like, man, this guy just became my best friend. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, man. Yeah. Exactly. And then it bleeds out. Yeah. It just bleeds out. It does. Amongst everybody else. It does. Not during class because we stopped the bleed. Correct. But <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's right. 
Oh, good lord. It's funny. So what are your uh what are your plans for the future, Vince? Like with this? Yeah. I can't talk about it too much, man. I know. Yeah. I know there's more I can't coming. talk about you. There's a lot more coming. I'll say on my end, my we were talking. We want to do these at least once a month. Yeah. Get out there on the airwaves. Get get a steady following. Uh, listening, I mean, yes. people, people listening, yes. and uh, I've had multiple people come up, and be like, "Hey, are you guys going to release another?" <laughs> oh man, know? yeah, talking about the podcast, we need to get on that game, man. We need to jump back on. I think Randy said it really well the other day, you know, because we talked about what, what we got ahead of us and what it, it, it's all going to entail. He was just like, "Don't forget where we came from, though." Yeah, you know, like we started as a podcast, right? And uh, I think. A lot of the best moments was through our episodes, and I think we need to uh, reamp that and readdress it. So, um, Dan will be in charge of uh, getting those dates together. But yep, I will. Yeah, we will have to. Uh, we're going to make it a priority to get more content out for you guys more regularly, and not just the typical conversations like we're here now addressing some of the things, but also continued education. You know. That seems to be a big thing. We've got really good feedback from our episode of release that's uh, Con Ed approved. You know, people really enjoyed the approach we had. You know, showing you the facts, showing you this, the, the information you know, but then also teaching you some of those things of how to evolve that information more than what is just taught. You know, it's not just doing a sample assessment, but it's adding to it. Uh, we did do that sample OPQRSVT, but we dove we dove pretty deep into oh, it. Oh yeah, we did. It was good. We really did. Yeah, bring topics forward. We That's wanna, right. We want to talk about what it. What do you want us to talk about? Come on. Or what do you want to talk about? Come in the sense of we'll add you to the show. We'll give you a call. You know, throw a question our way. Inspire the art of conversation. You know, what's say something that you are having a challenge with within your agency or your personal career? that you would want to see fixed or addressed or what's a bad uh, scenario that you've encountered that you want to see what we would have done you know I think that goes back to the being a, a student of the trade yes be a student of the trade all the time all the time Next episode, ketamine and head trauma. Ah, yes. Yes, that's a four-hour episode. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh. But that's just us catching up. You know, we, uh, we've we got a lot of things coming up. I know I keep saying that. I just don't want to release anything until it's uh, it's official. Um, but, you know, go to our website, staywtl.com. Um, be engaged. You know, we have a forum there. You could actually ask us some of the questions. You can get involved with our continued education. You can be your own continued education. You know, this is an opportunity. Look and uh, assess into your own departments and seek us out if you need help trying to fix some of those training moments or to redevelop a training uh, program. We're not, I'm going to be honest, we're not a check the box. That is not what we're here for. We're not here to give you just a certificate and be like, all right, I can take this challenge on. No, you're going to take what you learned in this class into a whole nother level. That's going to be evolved into everything you do. I can promise you that. So, yeah, check us out. If you have any questions, you want to be involved, send us an email. You can also go to our social medias, um, the WTL Foundation. Uh, email us at support at 
staywtl.com. And as always, you know, we take mental health pretty seriously here. Um, all jokes set aside, you know, we, uh, we do know that is the, the foundation of a good day, a good career, a good life, right? Um, it's okay to not be okay. So you could actually text or call our lifeline, the responder lifeline, at 844-782-9985. That's 844-STAY-WTL. You'd be surprised what we could offer you. So, my name is Vince. This is our recap episode. And we have... Dan. Good Dan, to be here. Dan the man. Yep. Yep. Thanks for listening. More to come. It's on me, though. That's right. All right? It's on me. It's on you. No pressure. So, from all of us here at Within Thin Lines, stay trained. That's right. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Stay trained. And stay within the lines.